Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, as we celebrate the holidays and look back over the past year, we're revisiting one of our most memorable interviews from 2020, a conversation with Sue Model, Deputy Center Director for NASA Glenn Research Center in Cleveland. But first, a new report from CBS's Steve Futterman. It's been more than 40 years since the last moon rocks were brought back to Earth. Now, a new batch of lunar samples have been returned, and they could give scientists some valuable new information. These are the first moon rocks brought back to Earth since 1976. A Chinese lunar probe landed on the moon. It then collected around four pounds of moon rocks and dirt. Scientists believe these samples are billions of years younger than previous samples brought back to Earth by the U.S. and Soviet Union and could provide new insight. Now, our conversation with Sue Model, Deputy Center Director for NASA Glenn Research Center in Cleveland. NASA Glenn, she explains, is known for their work in power and propulsion, and that expertise is being applied right now to the development of the Orion spacecraft, which will be used on upcoming missions to the Moon and Mars. So on the Orion program, we contribute a lot of our engineering staff in power and propulsion, and but also in the structures area. We also have a major role in the integration effort for the European Service Module. The European Service Module is being built and developed by the European Space Agency and their private industry partners. And Glenn Research Center is overall responsible for managing that effort with the European Service Module and integrating that into the rest of the Orion program. Also, we have a lot of efforts that contribute to the exploration of Moon and eventually Mars. On board um, the International Space Station, we do research and testing in this low Earth orbit platform to study things like how does fire behave in space and what kind of things can we do to prevent a fire on board any of our flight vehicles. That sounds great. So tell me, when is NASA going back to the moon? Our first Orion spacecraft launch is in 2021. And then with crew, we'll do a flyby around the moon in 2023 is the current plan. And then, of course, landing on the moon, uh, you know, the overall goal of the agency is first woman on the moon in 2024 to land on the surface. That's amazing. That sounds great. And so... You know, obviously the last time we were on the moon, they put up flags and they took rock samples and all that kind of thing. Is the plan for this next mission to be there longer and do more? And will there be a colony set up there? Or is it first just going to be, again, more of an exploration and then maybe colony or factories or whatever coming much, much later? Great question, Jean. So it's a little bit of both. Ultimately, the end goal is Mars. So, you know, given that the end goal is Mars, we have to learn a lot from the moon. And when I say that, it sounds like, well, 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 you've been to the moon, right? Well, yes, but we have to learn how to sustain life on a planet that is not so close to home. I mean, if you think about it, it takes us about three days to get to the moon. 
So if there were an issue and you have crew, it takes you three days to get back. That's not a very long time, but Mars takes about nine months to get there. And it all depends. You know, the, the planets, you know, move around the sun in different locations, so you definitely have to have the correct launch window to get that very short duration of nine months just to get out to Mars. And so, you know, the overall goal is to spend about three months at Mars. So you're looking at learning how to sustain life. So we're using the moon as this platform where we can learn a little bit more and still be closer to home in the event that there's some sort of trouble. So we can get our crew back safely. And so we are going to be taking samples of the moon. We are going to be learning how to sustain life that's really the sustainability phase that we have going in with the Artemis program, which is really the Artemis beyond the first folks that land on the moon. So the first mission, the Artemis three mission, is really, hey, let's get down there, let's explore, let's figure out how we're going to sustain life, and then we'll have those building blocks for sustainability in future phases. And she says NASA Glenn's contributions are going to be vital in the future as they move beyond the moon and head to Mars on their new gateway spacecraft, powered by a space launch system known as the SLS. It's an electric in-space propulsion system that captures power from the sun and will enable us to propel like deeper and more efficiently into the solar system. And that's being developed here. We're leveraging, you know, Glenn's expertise in our power group and our propulsion group for the gateway, which the gateway is, is like our launch platform to Mars, to the moon and to Mars. So the Orion will launch on the SLS. We can dock with the gateway And from the gateway, we can propel towards the moon and land on the moon. And we expect to learn a lot about how that would work so we can utilize similar systems for Mars. And this propulsion element that we have for gateway would be our orbiting outpost around the moon. It's high power. It's 60 kilowatt class of a solar electric propulsion spacecraft. It'll be integrated with Northrop Grumman's habitation and logistics outpost and launched in 2023. That sounds really interesting, but I'm having a hard time visualizing it. Can you paint a picture for us? What does it look like? Look at it like a spacecraft. Okay. And, you know, we would dock, this spacecraft would dock to the Habitation and Logistics Outpost. We have to have a place where crew can orbit around the moon. That's not PPE, but PPE takes this habitation module that it docks to and goes around the moon. And as this is going around the moon, then we can also take, I think there'll be like four crew initially in this habitation module. And then two of that crew would then descend to the moon on a lunar descent module. But the PPE is what gets them there. Tell me what PPE stands for. Power and propulsion element. It's a spacecraft that provides power, very efficient power that will enable you know, more efficient space travel because it's using solar energy instead of, um, it's, it's electric propulsion instead of you know, burning chemicals. And certainly lighter weight, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, you, you of course have to have a lot of solar panels, which add mass, but it is in theory lighter weight, but we can gather much more energy from the sun using these solar panels that will propel us 
deeper and faster into space than ever before. So that just sounds pretty darn amazing, right? I mean, who hasn't dreamed of one day taking off and visiting the moon? But the big question is, you know, besides how will I survive and how will I get back, is what should I pack? In fact, that's actually a fun and imaginative question that NASA is asking all of us right now. CBS's Naomi Rookham has more. The space agency just released a video encouraging people to tweet a picture of their moon kits. You can pack as much as you want or try NASA's expert mode, which only permits items that can fit into a bag much smaller than a standard airplane carry-on. To share your moon kit, upload a photo or video to Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook and include hashtag NASA moon kit in your post. Before I sign off to go pack my moon kit, I'd like to thank Deputy Center Director for NASA Glenn Research Center, Sue Model, for taking the time to talk to us this week. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net. <laughs>